Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Everybody, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. I'm here with Laura. Happy New Year. It's officially 2021, which means everything is officially all better. Hope that you had a great year, that you're looking forward to a great year. Um, and thank you for letting us be a part of it. Wanted to let you know that we had a really fun uh, breakfast club, book club in December. We're going to do another one in February. Um, we're going to be reading a book called Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. It was a book that a lot of people from our first book club wanted to read. So we're going to read it and I hope you'll join us. You can find more information about that at marriagetherapyradio.com. For now, Laura and I are catching up and leaning into some of the different uh, tips and tricks that you can use to increase more effective communication in your home. And uh, as always, it's a cool conversation. Stick around. It kind of looks like we have matching glasses on today. I have the same glasses on every day. Well, then today I am wearing glasses that match you. Cool. Yeah. Um, tell me about your New Year's. Tell me about like the last couple of days. What's been happening in your life? Are you asking about my fantasy football team? Yeah. I would like to okay. know about your fantasy football team. I'll just tell you real quick because I know everybody cares. Right. Okay. Um, the Donuts made it into the finals. That's the shortened version of the name. Isn't it like the... The Golden yes. Donuts. Okay, they made it into the finals. We made it into the finals. Uh, and... And then we got second place. Oh, but who took first? That's the Cliff Notes version. If you if you need more, mm. I'm ashamed to say that 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 I lost to a Russian supermodel. Oh, Ma- male supermodel? I'm not really ashamed to say it. She plays hard. She plays great. But female um, supermodel. I didn't like, realize this was a yeah. uh, a mixed group that you were in. Yeah. Well, there's one girl, and she vanquished all of us this year. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Other than that, New Year's was great. Uh, you might remember that uh, Abby turns 18 on January 1st. She looked 18. I was looking at pictures of her and was thinking, wow, is she like a grown woman now? She definitely, yeah, she definitely has that aura for sure. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. She had a great day. We had a great day. Um, is there anything liked- special when you turn 18, like in your household that it, that she gets? Or like, is there a rite of passage nah. that happens at 18? No, not okay. really. No, I mean, we just uh, celebrated her pretty much all day and in the way that she wanted, which was cool. 
I can tell you that I really liked, um, I liked that Christmas and New Year's Day were on Fridays because it was like, I don't know. It just was like a super extra long, long weekend. Yeah. Super long weekend. And like, they still like the Fridays felt like Saturdays. So you got to Saturday and you're like, Oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. And then you didn't have to go to work tomorrow. So yeah, it was yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. I'm with you. It kind of felt a little long and I almost didn't really know what to do with myself. Um, I have discovered that I have been plagued with the inability to sit down. Um, and it actually has been a, a like a, a problem. A You're problem sitting down right now. I am, but I'm doing something. I'm being productive. I, like I have a really significant, like I, okay. So, you know, you and I have a special project that we're going to be doing and we can tell our listeners about it. Probably. I don't know when we can tell our listeners about it, but I have to do my homework for our special project that we're yeah. working on. Yeah. And I could not bring myself to sit down for two hours to do my homework. And I thought, well, maybe if I just get it on like my iPad, I can walk on the treadmill and do this and I can feel productive. And I just like threw my hands up. I was so irritated. I'm having a really hard time with sitting still. Like it is a, there's something that has been instilled in me from a very early age of Mm. not being able to relax and take a moment and have like do nothing basically. I'm sad for you. I am too. Cause it's been causing like a good amount of anxiety. This has kind of been a little bit of an anxiety prone couple of weeks for me, I would say. Mm. Yeah. I've done almost the opposite. Like I've done a lot of just sitting still and doing nothing. I oh. feel really, I feel really bored, but worse. I feel really boring. I just feel like really? I'm kind of a boring person right now. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So 20, 2021 is going to be mm-hmm. the year of me not being boring not being boring. Yeah. Do you have a, a game plan of how to not be boring? Nope. All right. Well, that's okay. You'll figure it out. <laughs> no, just a, just a plan. Just something I said to make it sound interesting. Yeah. Um, have you heard of the book, the one word or like the concept? It has to right. be like, only a if it's for like the same as like city slickers. No, Mm-mm. the one word is, um, it's kind of like a different way to, sort of think about how to organize your intentions for the year. And my mother-in-law gave me a book. I mentioned (laughs) her in this episode too. Nailed it. (laughs) She gave me this book and she, um, yeah. So her last year, I forget what her, uh, her word was. It was something like, um, had to do with like growth, but Anyway, um, you pick one word and that word represents your intention. And so if you're someone who does who doesn't do like New Year's resolutions because they're a load of crap, then maybe one word will be a way of having like an intention. So, yeah, I like so mine that. might be like unboring, unboring. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, we should tell people um, I thought our book club was kind of fun. What do we call it? Breakfast club. When we talked we about it breakfast that club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really fun and people dug it. Um, yeah. And everybody participated. I would say my favorite, and I'm just going to say this out loud. My favorite participants were our Utah couple and the male in the group was very talkative and had like a lot of aha moments. Cause like come as you are is a book and it, it's written a lot about female sexuality yeah. and for him to really dive in and, and sort of experience, like, I don't know, he just did it a lot of thought about how culture yeah, he has had engaged, him. He definitely had engaged the, the book yeah. and the material and it, how it yeah. would impact his day-to-day life, which I think is the goal of any book. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was way cool. So, I, I mean, have you decided if we want to do another one? I think we should. We need to figure okay. out what book we want to do, though. So, yeah, but, uh, well, here's but I already feel like we're kind of behind the eight ball. So maybe we should stretch these out rather than doing it every month. We should do it like every other month or it just okay. doesn't. Ha- it can be like an arbitrary date, right? Do like it whenever we want. The, yeah. The February, like uh, February 15th is like the date Ooh. we meet or something. What? Yeah. It's like Valentine's Day. We should read like a Valentine's Day book and do it like during Valentine's Day week or something. Mm. You know, the book that we're reading in the other, I have two groups going and it would really like help my life out a lot if it was the same book um, (laughs) rather than having to read two separate books, but that's fine, is we're reading After the Honeymoon by Dan Weil, which might be an interesting book for our listeners to read. I don't know. Um, There was a lot of people that expressed interest in mating in captivity. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll let you know um, probably by our next. Well, actually, I think we'll probably let you know by the outro because we'll have a little. Uh, I'll let you know how, by the outro. We'll figure it out by then what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's what I wanted to talk about because you and I were going back and forth and you were like, Laura Pickett. Um, I have had a lot of clients that have been talking to me specifically about their differences in communication style. Okay. And I like that they are bringing this to me because they have this insight. They're kind of like, hey, we recognize that we're very different when it comes to communicating. Um, And the way that most people describe it is I'm the person who brings everything up. I'm the nagger. I'm the one who addresses conflict in the relationship. And the other partner is the one who wants to avoid it, like tries to shut the conversation down as quickly as possible or is like really uncomfortable with conflict. So that's kind of where my brain sort of goes is I want to unpack this a little bit and talk about the two, I guess not two, but there could be probably many different conflict styles or communication styles within a relationship is to just unpack it a little bit. And maybe we can help some couples that find themselves um, on opposite sides of the spectrum. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will, um, I mean, you've heard me say before that couples will come into our practice and lately for sure they lead with this sentence, which is we need help with communication. And I immediately go, I, I don't have any idea what you mean. Like, I don't know what that means because clearly you're an effective communicator. You sent me an email, you were able to put it on your calendar. You were able to manage to get here together. You know, you probably can keep a job. Your kids aren't dead. Like, Um, There's lots of clues out there that suggest that you're a fine communicator. What Mm -hmm. happens is there are contributing factors inside the relationship and they may be, and one of those factors may be different styles, right? Yeah. That make a specific type of communication hard. And I think that's where you're kind of veering a little bit into this idea that communication becomes conflict. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that because what I want more than anything is to help people understand that, they are good at communication. Right. They are bad at navigating difference. Right. Uh, for some reason inside their relationship. And mm-hmm. it and that reason may not include and probably doesn't include you're right and I'm wrong. You're good uh-huh. and I'm bad. You're up right. and I'm down. You're left yes. and I'm right. It probably includes, huh, this is an interesting combination of traits that we yeah. need to learn about <laughs> and yeah. try and navigate. And here's the, I think it's interesting that um, the assigning of sort of right or wrong when it comes to different styles is I often feel this level of frustration or even shame 
for those who come to the office and say, Laura, I'm the one who is pursuing conflict. It seems like I'm always the one that's drunk. I'm the reason why we get into conflict. And they think that's the case because they're the ones who say, hey, I'm unhappy in this area of our relationship or I'd like this to be different. So they're they're the ones that are addressing conflict. And because they're the ones who are bringing it up, there's some level of I'm wrong because I am the reason why we are now getting into conflict. And I want to definitely say that's not that's not true. Like, just like what you said, there's no right, there's no wrong. It's just different styles. And I think if you can understand your own personal style and your partner's style and where the differences lie, that's how you can begin to sort of figure out how do we merge our two personalities or our two different styles of communication. Yeah. And I think the opposite of what you said is also true, which is maybe let's just, I'll just use this pronoun. She brings up an issue. Uh huh. And sometimes the, the, the outcome is he feels like he's in the wrong. Right. Because there's something she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. He decides that he's being attacked or that he did it wrong or that he has to go to shame or whatever it is. So, yeah. it, you know, again, there's these stories that we make up about one another that sometimes just aren't based in reality at all. Uh, the mm-hmm. other thing I'll say is that based on kind of what you just said is I do think that the first step here, if we're going to go steps, and I don't know what two or three are, but I do, I do think I know what number one is. Mm. which is to get as informed and as aware and as conscious as you possibly can about your own style of communication. Mm -hmm. Like, why do Mm. I think this? Why do I talk like this? What did I learn from my family? Is there, I mean, this is the, so there's a, there's that exercise in the Gottman method called aftermath of a fight, but that, that whole exercise, that whole intervention is 90% about self discovery and self-exploration. And I uh-huh. think that that's kind of how we have to live our life. We're about mm-hmm. 90% of it is about me examining me. And then mm-hmm. maybe 10% of it is about me examining you. Interesting. Um, because if I don't understand myself, then I, certainly you're not going to help me. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, not in conflict anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go, Oh, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, I see clearly now that thing that you've always been saying about me that I never understood before. Uh-huh. No, we're going to be like, who, who are you? what's the thing? Like, I can say I'm fat, but you can't say I'm fat. 
Kind of like yeah. that. <laughs> like I can make fun of my thing. own weight, but you can't make fun of my weight. Hey, I got a, just a small detour. My dad always used to tell me, Hey, you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friend's nose. That's and hilarious. I, as a kid thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It's really, uh, really funny. So, uh, here's a good question. <laughs> it, when people are trying to understand and have some self-awareness of their own conflict style is where did I learn this? And sometimes you're learning it from your, uh, family of origin, right? Like maybe you saw your family and here's what I hear often is my family loved conflict. Something came up and we all just kind of dove into it. We were loud. It was fiery. We would talk it out, sometimes hurt each other's feelings and it was done and it was over. And so now in my household, if I see something, I'm the first to say something about it. I am very assertive when it comes to communicating with my partner about conflict. I have no problem raising my voice. I have no problem telling you how I feel about it. But when I see, this is what I hear often is when I see you start to stonewall, I go at it even harder because I want to get this conflict over as quick as possible. And so that's what I hear is, Hey, based on my family of origin, and this is what I learned about conflict is there's always a resolve, right? Like the faster you lean into conflict, the faster it's over with and the closer we can get afterward. And so that's sort of the momentum. And I, I hear that quite often. And then the other side of the spectrum would be the partner that's very different, which is I'm super uncomfortable with conflict. When you raise your voice that I've like, I was raised in a household where I didn't have any siblings. Maybe it was with a single parent. And so I didn't see conflict very much and it was solved in conversation or maybe it wasn't solved at all. Maybe like things were swept under the rug and we just kind of avoided it. And that's a, that's a really tough place to navigate when you have people on two opposite sides. So I think the first question would be, you know, where did you learn your conflict management style? What did you see growing up? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. We, I mean, we learned this, we learned how to do conflict from our parents and, and I think it's less about, we learn how to do it as much as it's about, we learn where to be comfortable, right? I learned to be mm. comfortable with loud or I was comfortable with, yeah. um, with present, like com with a uh, conflict that was just present. Or I learned to be comfortable with staying in conflict at a low boil for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and so my tolerance may look like stonewalling, but it mm -hmm. may not be stonewalling. It just may be that your ability to, to stay at a low boil is in conflict or contrast with my need to like heat it up and get it over mm -hmm. with and be done. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I hear that a ton. The problem is you can't, ju you can't justify the latter, right? You can't say, well, in my family, we were comfortable with being loud and obnoxious. And so that just has to be the way it is. Well, yeah. actually, no, that's just data that helps uh -huh. inform the new family. This is the other part, too. I think, yes, you have to pay attention to what you learn from your family. And I did that in air quotes. Right. But the reality is when you enter into a new contract with someone, and then especially when you start having your kids, that's your family. Mm, and that's that's yes. the, And that's the one that needs to have its own philosophy of mm. conflict it can't be mm -hmm. his that he got from his parents or hers that right. she got from her parents it has right. to be some cocktail of the of the two yeah and i find people who i find people want to justify their outburst by saying kind of this is just who i am and i'm exactly. like uh, okay that's who yeah. you are but yeah you're you could also be different yeah I, I mean the question that i keep coming back to is like what 
So if, if the first question is like, wh- where did I learn how to do conflict? Like, what did I learn and where did I learn it from? And then the next one is what style is going to serve me. So what style of conflict will serve me in this relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, every time you get into a new relationship is a time where you need to address the way it, your communication style it's, it's malleable, right? It's the two of you, like you said, it's this new cocktail that you're making where each of you pour in a little bit of each of you. And it's like, let's find something that serves both of us that works really well. And I, I think it's helpful to be able to talk to your partner and say, you know, what works best for you? Like when I approach you, um, with conflict, do you want me to just kind of like be really forthright and assertive? Is that helpful? Or do you feel super defensive? If you feel super defensive, like understanding one another's kind of triggers is really helpful in leaning in to what's, what's the style that's going to serve the two of us. Yeah. And for sure. How do you understand one another's triggers? Mm-hmm. Well, you probably have, if you can go back to some nasty arguments and say, Hey, what happened there? Like I, I noticed that you tend to sort of like escalate super quickly at this point. Well, yeah, I escalate super quickly because that's when you check out. Oh, okay. So when I check out, you escalate. Okay. Well, that's good information. Yeah. All right. It was a little bit of a trick question, but I think the, the way that you understand one another's triggers is again, that you understand your own. Mm -hmm. I understand what I understand why this is a, causing me stress or strain. And so now I can choose how to respond to that. Right. I have a little bit of a like responsibility when I recognize mm-hmm. that I'm being triggered by something that's really not about you, you know? And for me, mm-hmm. for example, the holidays do that. Like I do not really enjoy the holidays. They, they aren't a time that I kind of really lean into. It's a, I, without going into it too, too much. Like it is a period that I sometimes feel more lonely than, than I usually do in my house. And out yeah. of that loneliness, I will act out. I'll, I'll yeah. say something I don't mean, or I'll, I'll stonewall or I'll go away mm-hmm. until I go, wait a second. I don't need to punish my kids or my wife for yeah. this thing. That's 40 years old, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's no reason to do that. And so in that way, like different communication style styles require me to kind of be willing and able just to lean into, okay, something else is going on here. Mm. Mm. I think this is the thing that they call emotional intelligence, right? Sort of the ability mm-hmm. to know what's going on inside of you. And then the ability to yeah. know how to take that thing that's going on inside of you and use it to manage your relationships. I don't know if we're still talking about different communication styles, but I think my thesis is clear, at least to me, which is it's really understand. It's really important to understand that difference as much as possible. And that has to start with understanding where you are in the, in the difference or rather yeah. in creating the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I, um, it's interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking, Hey, you know, there are some people that I've really noticed, like if I'm going to be your wife in this, this scenario, I'm going to just play this out. And I noticed that the holidays are tough. You are kind of in a different mood or you're interacting with me differently. And I'm going to tell myself the story of, okay, I know my husband, I've been with him for a long time. He's in a funk he must be really hurting right now. And then I'm probably going to lean into that a little bit. And I'm going to say something like, Hey, what's going on with you? Like something's, this is different. I'm noticing that you're doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe you're kind of zoning out a little bit. You're spending more time watching TV. You're kind of retreating to the bedroom a little bit more for some like private time. 
And I might reach out across because I'm someone who likes to fix things. That's part of my conflict management style. I see a problem, I lean in. So I'm like, hey, babe, what's going on? What's going on with you? And that's just something that I am aware of is there's something wrong. I want to fix it as quickly as possible. And I might lean in. And I'm wondering here in this situation, because you're saying emotional intelligence is being aware of yourself. Would you say that it's your responsibility to communicate what's going on with you to the rest of the group? Because obviously, like they're, it's impacting the rest of the family. They can see what's going on. Like it's observable. It's one of those things like, are you lashing out at me? Does this have to do with me or is this have something to do with you? Would you say that it's your responsibility to say, hey, guys, I just want to let you know this has nothing to do with you. I'm in a funk. Like holidays are tough for me. I'm just taking some self-care time. I'm going to be sleeping, you know, taking a nap for the next hour. Do you see where I'm kind of like starting to notice how this can play out with different conflict styles? Well, I think what you're doing is ex- is sort of exposing this other principle that I think is required if you're going to communicate effectively through different styles. And it's this idea of being extremely explicit, like being able to say, hey, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll be as extremely explicit as I can. Hey, this conversation isn't going well. I'm not sure exactly what's happening right now, but I know that whatever's going on for you and whatever's going on for me, they're they're combating with each other and it's causing us both to act out. I don't think it's a good idea for us to do this or I think we should calm down or I think I need a break because if I keep mm-hmm. going, I'm going to lose my temper and I don't want to do that. Like that's extremely yeah. explicit. And it removes, I think, what is really hard for a lot of couples, which is this idea of I'm trying to interpret or guess or make up what what you're doing and why you're doing Mm -hmm. it, you know? And so I'm a big fan of just going like, hold on a second. I know for sure. And I did this with Abby over the weekend. I know for sure if I stay in this conversation, I'm going to lose my temper. So I need to be done. She's like, well, what about me? And I was like, you you can talk if you want to, but if you do, I'm going to lose my temper. And so maybe we should save this for later would that be an okay idea you know like Uh and so in that way yes we were having difference we were having a problem communicating because we had different communication styles but then right being extremely explicit i guess i would have to also include being extremely explicit but also calm right Mm -hmm. explicit and calm i think helps us eliminate a lot of the tension or certainly the ambiguity around whether or not you know we're communicating effectively yeah well the piece there is that you you took you took responsibility for your own interaction in that piece of the puzzle. It wasn't you made me, you know, like lose my cool and say things that I didn't want to say because you were pushing me. doesn't matter how much Abby pushes. At some point you say, hey, this is how I'm feeling internally taking responsibility for this. I know that I'm about to erupt. So I need to take a break. You can do whatever you want, but this is the, this is my game plan. And that's, that's you taking responsibility. That's the emotional intelligence we're talking about is recognizing how you personally are doing on the inside and then being explicit and communicating it, communicating to your partner about it. Right on. Okay. I like it. Well, um, I think it's funny that a lot of this started because I, again, I'm just like, I don't even, I, I'm so irritable right now. I can't even, I'm just so overwhelmed. So I'm just communicating. I am very irritable. I want everybody to know it. So if you can come in contact with me, it's not about you. It's about me. How about that? Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. So I shouldn't take it personally. (laughs) Don't take it personal. Yeah. I am, I am in my own little bubble of irritability these days. Cool. Well, have fun in there. 
Thank you. Oh, hey, here's what we need to do. We're going to tell you what book we're reading and the day that we're going to have book club for the outro. How about that? Sure. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's land this plane. Okay. See you later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Are you ready? We have chosen the day and time of our next, uh, let's see here, we're calling it Breakfast Club, of our next Breakfast Club meeting. It'll be happening on February 15th. That's a Monday. It's also President's Day. So if you have the day off, even better. We'll be doing this at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we will be discussing Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. If you are a podcast listener, Esther has a podcast. You can check that out. Mating in Captivity is available on audiobook as well as a book purchased from your local bookstore and in most libraries. Thank you so much for all of your time and attention, making this relationship better today than it was yesterday. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble.